Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm telling you, that's a fine how do you do. You go to China and <laughs> drop your pants and they jab you. <laughs> um, wait a second. I, I, got, I was just JFK. They gave me a nasal swab. Why are you? This is the way we do it here in China. Then over. over. Quiet. Spread okay. them. Beautiful. Turns out, Jack, Neanderthals could speak just like modern humans. Everybody sends me Neanderthal-related stories because I, Joe Getty, have uh, among the highest percentages of Neanderthal DNA of any human on Earth. 98% Neanderthal. Which is amazing. That's not precisely correct. <laughs> I'm in the 98th percentile That's what I said. of Homo sapiens. <laughs> But they've done studies. They've found uh, some fairly well-preserved uh, Neanderthals and uh, took a look at their uh, their ear holes and uh, and how they heard. Uh, and uh, they figured out, yeah, they, they could generate the same frequencies as Homo sapiens. And they're thinking, and this is the key finding, that that explains to some extent the, the uh, extensive interbreeding between my people and your people. Evidently, Neanderthal dudes could throw a little game in a way that the Homo sapien gals could understand. Um, and and smarter by all modern accounts, Neanderthals had bigger brains, which might been have been what did them in because the brain takes a tremendous amount of energy, and you have to take a lot of food in to keep a, a, a bigger brain going. And they think yes, they just I do weren't able to provide enough food to stay alive. Where the Homo sapiens. Um, which I always have to remind myself is a, is a singular. If you, if you don't have, there's a Homo sapien, there's a Homo sapien, so you have two Homo sapiens. Homo sapien is what they each are. Homo sapiens. Oh. They're both Homo sapiens. Each what? one, you're a Homo sapiens. You are Joe, a Homo sapiens. I'm just one of me. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't I get matter. It. Okay. <laughs> um, but the Homo sapiens came along with a smaller brain, and that's one of the reasons we were able to survive, because we didn't eat as much food. Right, not not that's a the dumber. most recent theory, and they might you know change that theory uh, you know five years from now. But yeah, smaller isn't necessarily dumber though. No, is it? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. But mm. generally, the size of brain has a lot to do with things. Uh, chicken's got a tiny little brain, hardly anything. And I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I was trying to teach a chicken math the other day, and got nowhere. Dummy. <laughs> um, dinosaurs, tiny little brains. Oh yeah, yeah. Reptiles in general, right? Um, big brain on Mitt Romney, but he got knocked unconscious yesterday. Did you see what? this story? Yeah, Mick, no. Mitt Romney knocked completely out. Says he slipped and fell. I don't know. He's a pretty known partier. Oh, I'll, bet he, I'll bet he said, you know what? I'm going to have the salted peanuts. <laughs> Be damned. <laughs> he went and with he, the whole milk. <laughs> he had the whole milk and some salted peanuts, and he, and he went down the stairs. Yeah, he fell. And a kick kn- in the gut. knocked himself completely out, more stitches than he can even count. He has no idea how many stitches oh. he even has on his eye all the way down past his lip. So like the whole Yikes. side of his face and his eye is all black. Well, that's that's a brutal injury. Yeah. Get well soon, man. Yeah. I-, I took a fall, he said yesterday. Knocked me unconscious, but I'm doing better. Uh, he was visiting his grandchildren when he uh, slipped and fell. How old the is Mitt again? He's, he's older than you think, because he's an incredibly handsome man who uh, takes good care of himself. I think he's like 70. Sean's going to have that momentarily. Too old to be falling down and knocking yourself out. 73. 73. Yeah, that's Damn. definitely too old to be falling down and knocking yourself out. 
I look older than Mitt now, and I'm a lot younger than him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that should fine. be a lifestyle component there. Oh, yeah. Not um, sure. Uh, oh, we're going to talk to Mike Lyons, bottom of this hour. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know if you saw the um, uh, story on 60 Minutes Sunday night. Iran attacked us hard in Iraq last year, and we kept it a secret for some reason and didn't re- really retaliate. So what's going on there? We'll talk to Mike Lyons about that. Um, so we mentioned they're going to be using new baseballs. Baseball season's starting, and uh, everybody's uh, training. And they're using new baseballs this year because they think there are too many home runs. Mm. Fans like the home run, but the game has become just strikeouts and home runs. And um, they're not sure that's the best way to go forward. All the records, I was looking at the number of records that have been broken, and it's just ridiculous. It's, it's practically a different game. Well, yeah, and the game has become kind of boring. I get that chicks dig the long ball, as they say, but just you need the guys running around more. You need the ball, you know, being hit more often. It's you know, like you say, strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. Then once every other inning, a guy, uh, you know, hits a, a four bagger. And then you go back to strikeouts. It's just boring. Yeah. Well, so part of it was the ball was a little hotter, so they got a ball that's less hot, and it's going to fly. I think it's not that much, like ten feet. Less is all. That's all it takes. But that's all it takes. And um, uh, all the pitchers say they can't even tell the difference. So there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. ball weighs seven pounds now. But. <laughs> 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 yeah, you hit it, tong, and it kind of just rolls. Just break your wrists on every contact. <laughs> Oh, man. There are now two pitchers on the field, one halfway to the plate because it's impossible <laughs> to heave the thing 60 feet and six inches. Um, saw somebody tweet out this picture yesterday of Nancy Pelosi with Governor Cuomo at some on some stage somewhere talking about sexual assault and women and how they all need to do something about it. Nancy and uh, Governor Cuomo clapping and getting a standing ovation from people so happy that they're taking on the problem with sexual harassment. Good they, morning. Uh, each come enjoyed out of- a nice uh, spicy sausage. <laughs> oh, Why don't we, can we play clip 36? Is the computer working yet? Yeah. Nothing works today. It's very weird. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I should eat the whole sausage in front of you, but I'm definitely going to eat it. Mm-hmm. It could have been just like, can you eat that much? Although, given his background and his other stuff, guy saying to a young, hot chick, I want to see you eat the whole sausage. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. She seemed to be okay with it, though, didn't she? Maybe she was just caught off guard. Well, the women do that a lot, I think, because it's uncomfortable and they don't know what to do. I mean, right. What are you going to say to somebody who's powerful and holds your career in their hands? And What are you going to say? Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's a good point. Was that a double entendre? Were you are making you... some sort of vague penis reference? About the sausage? Yeah. Is that what you were doing? Because I don't know. Yeah, you're not going to say that. Well, the the woman who uh, said she was at the wedding and he came up and put his hands on her face and asked if he could kiss her, she said she froze. She didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah, I get that. What would you do? Yeah. It's it's really hard as a guy to understand um, physically what that would be like. Because I'd have to have somebody much larger and much stronger than me do something like that. For me to feel the same thing. Right. It's the mathematics of this is escalating emotionally and could get really angry. It's different for a dude. 
And dudes, we do have to remind ourselves of that. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's that's what I always think of. I, you know, either have the chance to, or the the, the testosterone, or whatever, to physically try to stop this from happening in a way that, you know, that college girl doesn't. If a, some big lummox like that comes up and puts his hands on both sides of your head, right? That's just weird behavior. Right, that's terrible behavior. Speaking of terrible behavior, the far-left communist district attorney of San Francisco celebrated online that his incarcerated terrorist father had gotten the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. The backlash was swift and fierce. We can tell you about that. And they have some speculation as to uh, why Tiger Woods went off the road. Other than he was just driving too fast on a curve? That's not the story from... Uh people who figure this sort of thing out. Hmm. You're not going to like it. I'm not? No, it's what I speculated. I think. I can't. can't you speculated all sorts of nonsense. I can't anything in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. And again, Mike Lines later this hour on why did we keep it a secret when we got attacked by another country? Which is a good question. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean, the Tiger Woods thing. I don't know if this is fair or not. Probably not. It's modern journalism. Um, But uh, forensic experts suggest Tiger Woods may have fallen asleep at the wheel. Tiger Woods appeared not to be paying attention the moments before his devastating crash. Um, According to a report citing forensic car accident experts... Former police detectives who uh, uh, do this sort of thing for a living examined the crash site in person. It's a drift off the road, almost like he was either unconscious, suffering from a medical episode, or fell asleep and didn't wake up until he was off the road, and that's where the brake application came in. So a person who does this for a living, examining crime sites and figuring out, or uh, uh, crash sites and figuring out what happened, says that's what likely happened. I still don't quite know what the details are on the whole he didn't have to take a blood test thing. You got a guy with a history of crashing his car on Ambien who they're now saying looks like he just drove right off the road asleep and didn't wake up until he crashed. Um, Didn't get a blood test to see if he is all hopped up on something? How did that happen? Or is that just a I'm a rich guy and powerful and so they didn't test me? Yeah, I wonder, but if you had to guess, you'd think, yeah, it was an Ambien thing. He took a little too much Ambien the night before or whatever. He wasn't fully awake. Drifted off. Or the day before he got the news that he was going to need back surgery again and announced that he wasn't going to be playing in the big tournaments this year. You could absolutely imagine him going on some sort of binge of some sort. No, it's not your business. He's got a history of that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And it doesn't bother me in any way other than I don't want, you know, if a regular guy would have gotten thrown in jail and their blood tested and arrested for DUI along with that crash, it should happen to Tiger Woods, too. Yeah, yeah, eventually. I think, you know, with the bones sticking out of his leg, they'd probably take him to the hospital first before they throw him in jail. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah. Well, you lay there like with it. your bones sticking out and think about your actions, young man. Wow. Ugh. So, complete change of topic, although it is crime and justice. Do you know Chesa Bodine? He's the Marxist district attorney of San Francisco, which is doing its best to just go completely insane. First, they have this awful George Gascon, yeah. who, who miscarries justice for years, then goes to L.A. Yeah, now I they heard, have Chesa Bodine. I heard a report on, on him uh, on NPR this morning that was so maddening. 
all Gaston. From, all from the perspective of that Gaston and then this new guy in San Francisco are doing what's right for America and evil Republicans are trying to tear them down. Oh, it was very maddening. So uh, the other day, Chesa Bodine, he celebrates online. He tweeted, I quote, amazing news. My incarcerated father just got his first vaccine shot. I hope that once I get my vaccine and the prison reopens for visitors, I'll be able to see him again for the first time in over a year. A little uh, background on this. Bodine's father is 76 years old. He was convicted of felony murder in connection with the infamous Brinks heist in 1981, in which he and his buddies killed two cops and a, oh, wow. and a guard, a Brinks guard. Wow. Yeah, left left nine children fatherless. Oh my way, God! In this murder, speaking of fathers and sons, you'd think and, you'd downplay that rather than "Happy birthday to my dad." Yeah, yeah. Well, happy vaccine to my dad. Um, and uh, Bernie Goldberg in his book "Arrogance: Rescuing America from the Media Elite" quoted Chesso Bodine bemoaning his parents' incarceration, and I quote: "My parents were dedicated to fighting U.S. imperialism around the world. I'm dedicated to the same thing. I'm sad that my parents have to suffer what they have to suffer on a daily basis. That millions of other people have to suffer as well." The reaction online was swift and uncharitable, as you might uh, might uh, assume. There are elderly people not in prison for participating in a murderous robbery that can't get a vaccine shot in California. Your incarcerated father got his vaccine before my cancer-surviving mother. How does someone in your position not even question optics before posting something this yeah. stupid? Well, he sees the world way differently than you do, obviously. It must be nice that convicted murderers get vaccine before law-abiding citizens like many of our parents, friends, and family. Not surprised that you'd be so self-absorbed and oblivious here. I, yep, get, the, well said. I get the argument part of the punishment for prisoners is not we're going to put you in a an enclosed space close together and if the if a deadly virus gets in you're all going to die that's not part of your punishment that's that's not what you got sentenced to right um so i get that but jeez keep it to yourself when your dad gets the vaccine don't be bragging about it and acting like it's such a good thing that we're all excited about i don't like murderers getting the vaccine i understand legally why we have to do it Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't like it. Yeah, particularly terrorist murders. Oh, you know what? And I left this out, and I apologize. It, it wasn't a bank robbery just for greed. Uh, he and uh, fellow members of the Weather Underground and Black Liberation Army were stealing the money to buy arms to to perpetrate war wow. against the U.S. government. Wow. Wow. Speaking of the coronavirus, so Sean texted all of us on the show on what day was that? Uh, Saturday, I think. Because you got an alert on your phone that said what? Uh, I woke up to an alert that said, uh, because early on in the pandemic, I opted into Apple's, uh, like proximity Bluetooth, uh, smartphone kind of contact tracing thing. Uh, so I got a text that said, uh, within the, the, this past several days, you, your phone was in proximity of another person's phone who tested positive for COVID. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't have the, the audible alert set up. I should have done that option. <laughs> right. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Cardi. Uh, but, but yeah, so then it, it just kind of had, you know, some very generic proceed with these best practices going right. forward, so, so et, cetera, Sean, et cetera, So Sean lets us all know that he... So how close would you have to be? Uh, I think it was... Or how with, far away could you be? And it still would alert you that you... I think it was within 30 feet. Okay. Uh, And is there a time limit like you were within uh, that uh, distance for 10 minutes? It tells you the, oh, in terms of how time limit in terms of next to that person, no. But it does let you know the day that this occurred. So you can kind of try to figure out 
uh, where it might have happened. So when I first saw that, I thought, oh, okay, Sean was, uh, you know, close to somebody who had the COVID. Then I thought, you know, for another two seconds, because uh, my, my kids and I had just eaten at a restaurant. Restaurants are open now where I eat. we just eaten in a restaurant. Then we walked through the strip mall place, passed a bunch of stores over to the grocery store to get a candy bar for dessert, then walked back through the parking lot to our car. And I thought, I may have walked by... 400 people <laughs> today. Right. If you combine that with going to the park several times and the skateboard park and the mall and this and the strip mall and the restaurant and everything like that, that I've been within their phone range. Yeah. Of if course. I get an alert that says I've been within 30 feet of somebody that tested positive from COVID, what am I supposed to do with that information? I, I'm sure I have been. I'd be shocked if I hadn't been. Right. So the person inside the Jamba Juice, when I walked by the front of the Jamba Juice, Tested positive for COVID. So what am I supposed to do now? Quarantine away from my family for two weeks? Oh, hum. Oh, hum. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I just don't it know wasn't what you supposed to do with that information. It, it wasn't at yoga, was it? it uh, Sean and I do Bikram yoga together, the hot yoga, the totally nude, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you really got to stretch it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the way the yogi insists. Yeah, totally absolutely. Nude. I mean, it, it's it's an opt-in thing. You sign the waivers. No, I, I, li- I, I, I like the theory behind this sort of thing. I'm just not sure it's very practical. I don't know if it's very practical for any use whatsoever. Anyway, we can talk more about that later. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up. Fascinating story about when Iran attacked our military base in Iraq. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Johnson was taking cover in a bunker designed to protect troops against much smaller warheads, weighing only 60 pounds. Knocked the wind out of me, followed by the most putrid-tasting ammonia-tasting uh, dust that swept through the bunker, coated your teeth. After the blast wave and debris came the flames. The fire was just rolling over the bunker, you know, like 70 feet in the air. Johnson's bunker provided no protection from that. We're going to burn to death. We start heading down 135 meters, make it about a third of the way there. The big voice, we call it, clicks in, incoming, incoming, take cover, take cover, take cover. I've got another football field to run. I don't know when this next missile is going to hit. Can you hear the incoming? Like a freight train going by you. So that is from Sunday night, 60 Minutes, the second story, which I highly recommend if you haven't. Seen it. You remember when Trump killed that Iranian general, their top general, obliterated him with a drone strike? Well, Iran's response to that was firing some missiles at our base in Iraq. And the story at the time, as I remember it, was it looks like they gave us a heads up. We got everybody out of there. They kind of fired something to save face. And that was about it. Well, Sunday night, at least it was the first time I'd heard the real story. It was a serious attempt, it certainly appears, to take out a whole bunch of planes and equipment and a bunch of people. And it's a miracle that we didn't have a bunch of Americans die. Let's talk about the attack, the spin, the uh, could-have-beens with military analyst Mike Lyons, served with the United States Army in various capacities in the U.S. and Europe, bronze star winner for his actions in combat. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back. Anything you want to straighten out about our setup before we get into our questions? 
No, spot on. I, I'm still trying to get my head around what, what we were thinking. And, um, you know, that was surely not a recruiting video for the U.S. military. How do we allow ourselves to get pounded like that um, from the Iranians? And, and the same thing I had heard back at the time was they had targeted empty buildings. And my sources told me that was what happened. Now, so when that major told that story, a little bit concerning, too, when he begins that with a goodbye to his son. I, I'm always concerned about people like that in combat, because, only because you know you, you, self-fulfilling prophecies come true. Uh, I could tell you when I was in combat, I had a lot of my, my soldiers wrote goodbye letters to their wives and things like that. And my wife always asked me why I never did that, and it's because I just think self-fulfilling prophecies come true. I didn't come eight time zones to die in that desert. And, anyway, interesting. That story, that's re- that's really that. interesting stuff right there. I realize that's kind of an aside, but that's that's a fascinating yeah. uh, psychological thing. Yeah, I, I, and, and the fact that you're a soldier, you can't think that way. And um, so the way that whole 60-minute story began, and then as I started you know, getting into, more into it, I'm just looking at this going, we've got to be kidding here. I, and, but I, I actually think after talking to folks in the Trump administration, it's all about how they communicated with the president. So what, what I've been trying to figure out since I watched that, why did our Pentagon or government whoever made the decision wants right. to keep it a secret that iran came at us so hard yeah I, I think it had to do with kind of what we're doing as normal business right now and the fact that presidents and, and i think the last drone strike that president biden just did is another example of so our presidents are getting out of touch with what the commander in chief is supposed to do because he should have been Trump should have been briefed on all the aspects of this top to bottom when that mission was over should have been briefed and, and was to, should have been told the, the extent of the damage that was there but it seems as though what was only communicated to him was nobody died and so that was the bar that was the most almost nobody died we're not going to do anything we're not going to retaliate I, I just don't get why we didn't retaliate it just goes to show that we don't have any strategic vision we don't have a strategic deterrence for example you do that to the Israelis the strategic deterrence is you get you got one X comes to us, you're getting 10 times coming back to you. And I don't understand why we didn't have Patriot missiles there. Uh, we had airplanes there. And what was it a politically not expedient to put them there or the signal that would send? I mean, all, all those mistakes we've made in the past in the 90s in Mogadishu. So. So, again, time after time, these people are so close to the situation, and the president just doesn't ask, didn't ask the right questions. And the fact of the matter is, no, the bar wasn't casualties. The bar was they destroyed equipment. They destroyed a lot of different things, and we got to retaliate. Right. Well, they also caused a tremendous amount of traumatic brain injury. Just real quickly, Mike, we got a note from somebody in, in intelligence who knows of somebody who knows of somebody who was in the situation room when the attack was happening and says that uh, President Trump wanted to strike back immediately and was talked down by Mike Pompeo. Who knows if that's true? Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that you're assuming that the president didn't know the full extent of the attack and the damage done. Well, so, so the, right, so communication, this gets back to uh, I, what I've talked to people that have been around the president say, you've got to speak his language. So usually a guy like Donald Trump is not talked out of something like that. But if that was the case, if that, if that happened, if Pompeo talks him out, he would be the guy that could do it because he speaks the president's language. And in most cases, that means getting in the word no casualties than the first five seconds of the conversation. Uh, and, and that's you know, really what I think is happening here. And, and I think that the president didn't rely on his instincts well enough, didn't have that, didn't, didn't even seem there was a plan for it. For, for example, the second those rockets left uh, Iranian territory, we had targeted on them. We could have responded immediately to them. 
but I also think, again, that question gets back to where are the air defense capabilities and why, if we were going to have all these airplanes sitting in the middle of the desert in, in Iraq, we don't have any way to, to protect them. What, what were we thinking? We'd seen them use those rockets before. If, if three or 70 Americans had died in that attack, which could have very easily happened, Right. I, I feel like if, if we were told about it, I don't think you could keep that secret. Uh, there would have been pretty big public pressure for a uh, and world pressure to, 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 to strike back, wouldn't there have been? Absolutely. And, and that's why that shouldn't have been the bar. And I think, you know, how the story even comes out right now, it, it, it obviously fell through the cracks between the two administrations because it just doesn't make us look good now. Even in the Biden administration, it, it comes out, and if he wants to make things better in the Middle East, this story doesn't do that either. So, um, so I, again, I, I'm just surprised on how graphic and how much detail came out. You get a, you get a four-star general there speaking about how we're basically running away from these Iranian incoming missiles. I'm just shaking my head saying, you had the J.O.B. job to defend that place, not, not, to be, not to take a pounding like that, but be ready to deliver one back. So... I don't know. I'm really concerned. Military analyst Major Mike Lyons is on the line. The other thing my friend in military intelligence said was that if we had retaliated, that could have been a big step toward an eventual war with China. He said, I don't have time to explain right now. I wonder if, if you have any idea what was on his mind, geopolitically speaking. How, do, how did those steps uh, take place? Okay, so here's a nobody wants to fight the United States conventionally. I'm not sure, you know, if if that means that China would have done something in the South China Sea, maybe that would be the case. Um, but no one wants to fight the U.S. conventionally, and so we've got to play to our strength. And this would have been our strength. Our strength would have been responding to this one particular attack. Now, again, we're, we're pres- he's making a presumption, or she's making the presumption that China is going to start something with us. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, Again, deterrence. What keeps these other countries from doing this in the very beginning? Uh, We know what China is because China knows it doesn't want to get into a conventional war with us. So what, you know, again, you you look at all these excuses that come out about why we attack and we don't attack. Again, go back to the Syrian, uh, the recent one with the Biden administration thought it was okay now to attack uh, Iranians or uh, Iraqis inside of Syria for a retaliation for a drone strike, you know, two weeks ago. My head is just, just shaking because... Where is the strategic deterrence? The, the person who comes up with the next mutually assured destruction, the next strategic deterrence to keep these countries from attacking us wins the next Nobel Peace Prize. Interesting. Um, so on the timing of this story coming out, Iran's been in the news a lot. The Biden administration and uh, leadership in Iran have been going back and forth of, you got to do this, well, we're not going to do this, you know, negotiating. Mm-hmm. And they said they won't even sit down with us. And they, they said you're not allowed to have surprise inspections anymore. And we're going to keep mm-hmm. enriching uranium, all these things. In Any chance that we wanted this story to come out to help move public opinion toward these are bad guys we might have to attack? Well, I don't see us attacking them again either because we don't have any real resources there. We have okay. to deploy. You know, everyone's gone. I mean, those days are over of trying to produce anything on the ground there. We can fight them from the air and drone strikes and things, but that, those days are over. If anything, we're leaving out of Iraq faster than we are before. And we've got an off-ramp to Afghanistan, but again, those troops are nowhere in the neighborhood either. So, um, no, I, I don't know what's going on. The, the, the administration is trying to resuscitate this relationship with Iran just because Donald Trump of what he did. So it's, it's dumb. It's foolhardy. The bottom line is 
We need to be all out of the Middle East unless we have a, unless we come back with a clear strategy as to how we want to deal with it. It's, it's a tinderbox; it'll blow up. But the bottom line is, uh, unless we're going to come up with some other strategy from a military perspective, I just we're just wasting our time. Great stuff, military analyst Major Mike Lyons. Mike, it's always enlightening. We sure appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. It's a tinderbox; it's going to blow up. He says. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of a little bit is the first attack on the World Trade Center in 93, I think it was. And we didn't really respond, and we didn't pay much attention to it, and kind of acted like, eh. And then years later, you get a more significant attack. I I feel like this is kind of one of those. I mean, we sent the message to another group of bad guys of, you can come at us pretty hard, and we don't really pay attention. We don't respond, and we don't really do much. I like Mike's uh, rule of 10 to 1. You hit us with 1, we're going to hit you with 10. You want to hit us with 2, we got 20 for you. How long do you want to keep this going? I mean, that is deterrence. And But Pompeo, Trump, the idea that they were you know, lily-livered or, or unwilling to deliver a response, that doesn't ring true to me either. So, so, so Mike Lyons doesn't think Trump got the full story? Or grasped what was going on? That's what he was suggesting, yeah. Now, Sean Sean says the the anti-Trump version of this is that the Pentagon did not want Trump involved in something that could lead to a war with him as president. So they didn't tell him what happened because they were afraid of how he'd react. Mike seemed to be suggesting, yeah, that was uh, perhaps part of it. Um, Although Trump... You know, his whole thing was not getting involved in these Middle Eastern countries. That was his whole thing. I mean, that's what he ran on. That's what he talked about all the time. So his his uh, default setting is to not get involved in these things. Well, and with all due respect to the anti-Trump media, which is everywhere all the time, it's also possible they said, look, we have a couple of choices. Number one, we could retaliate, which means we are going to be fighting Iran uh, on and off in various ways for a very, very long time. You will be the war president in the Middle East. And he said, and it's possible he said, all right, let's see what happens next. We'll hold back for now. Uh, To wrap this up now, unless you want to talk about it more later, did you see Tucker last night? Uh, just part, just the first part. So his whole first segment was about how he's, he just thinks it's awful that Biden uh, sent any missiles into, um, you know, against Iranian militias. It, it fought back at all. He just thinks that's terrible, that we shouldn't be involved in the Middle East at all. China's the only threat in the world. I couldn't figure out where he was going until he got to this. But I kind of see this, you know, the the Obama administration, now we're going back three presidents, Wanted to pivot away from the Middle East to China. Why? Why are we? Why are we getting sucked into Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and these various places? None of those are going to change our way of life or or end America. China actually could, and that's right. their goal. And they could act. They could actually pull it off. So why isn't that our sole focus? I just think we're still uh, operating under the assumption that we broke Iraq, so we bought it. Mm. We've got to help defend. I think it we, we broke say, it. I think we say sorry about that are bad, and move on. Take full responsibility? <laughs> I take full responsibility. Well, okay, that settles it then. I don't know. I, 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 I'll tell you the most interesting thing is Mike Lyons is, seems to be as confused about this as anybody else. And he's got a lot of connections and a lot of history of uh, understanding the way the world works. Well, and he won a bronze star right there. So he knows the area. Yeah. Fascinating. Text line 415-295-KFTC. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So many disputed charges from delivery, like delivery apps or pre-order, like company third parties. I just felt like incredibly helpless and frustrated. Okay, that is the uh, proprietor of a Korean restaurant in L.A. that has now been uh, driven out of business by this growing scam. During COVID, everybody's getting food delivered, and the way it works is you get the food delivered, you eat it, and then a day, a couple days, a week later, you call your credit card company and say, oh, they only delivered half my order. You dispute the charge, it's canceled. And these people were driven right out of business by this. So many people were doing it. Well, you're a jerk and a scumbag if you do that. Oh, yeah. And in case you're listening right now and you do that and think it's just kind of funny or nothing or they're rich, they can afford it. You're a jerk. Yeah, I'd love to see severe punishments. They got a $700 order, big party. Oh, wow. They they made the food, they delivered it, the rest of it a week later, uh, all the uh well the the, the credit card uh, transaction was canceled. So, that's brutal. They got a GoFundMe page started, um and a lot of people chipped in to try to keep them in business, but who knows, you know, if it keeps happening, they'll just sure. be driven out of business again. Um ate at Burger King last night. Here's my pro tip. Don't eat at Burger King. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Little culinary. Cannot recommend. One star. <laughs> the, she said, do you want to try the zesty sauce? And I said, what's the zesty sauce? She said, it's our new signature sauce. I said, well, bring mm. it on. There bring is, on the zesty sauce. There is nothing about you <laughs> that says you would like anything called a zesty sauce. No, there isn't. Yeah, there's a really lot of character to even say yes to that. <laughs> there's one thing I don't want exist. Uh, she presented it with such uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> I, uh, she sucked me in. Sales is a transfer of enthusiasm, and she really right. sold me on the zesty sauce. Right. Anyway, that was awful. Have um, repercussions, did it? That's just my review of it. You may like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, did want to pay off, just in case you're wondering. So Sean signed up for the thing where your phone alerts you if you've walked within 30 feet of somebody else. Who has tested positive. And has also opted into that program on their phone. Correct. Information that seems to me does you almost no good. Practically useless. Maybe even worse than no good. That puts in a little bit of fear about something that you have no idea. Because how many people do you walk within 30 feet of in a given day? Often with walls and windows in between you, by the way. Because your friend would pick that up. I live in an apartment complex. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It could have been any number of people that I passed walking to my car, you know, living above me, to the side of me, you know, any any sort of stuff. Almost pointless. But anyway, you actually went and got a test. Uh, yeah, I took that opportunity. Was it the Chinese anal swab, or did you get the American one? <laughs> I tried one? to find that one, couldn't find anyone. Uh, <laughs> I know a place you version. can go. Okay, well, so I should have I reached out to you, Joe. I'm sorry. Um, no, so I, I, I went to a, a, a chain pharmacy. Uh, I tried to find one that had the rapid response ones, but those appointments were all, all taken up. So I, I, I got the test I was able to get. It was my first COVID test, self-administered uh, nasal swab. Uh, it tickles a little. It's a, it's a little tickle. It's a little uncomfortable. So it's not it the spit in a tube one that I've done. No, no, uh, no. This was uh, entirely drive through. Um, got my results uh, uh, almost twenty four hours, a little more than that. Um, came back negative, so it turns out my back pain is just age or something. Um, that happens to me a lot, where I'm almost disappointed to find out I don't have something wrong with me. And you know, it's good <laughs> news. My cancer hasn't come back or whatever. I mean, that's obviously good news. Clearly, but. 
This is just what I feel like? So my back just is like this now, like always? Oh, man. Yeah, time is undefeated, as you've said yourself many yes. times, Sean. So you hey, sure coming up. I'm not sick? This is just me. Run it again. <laughs> You're old. Quit ordering the zesty song. <laughs> coming up, science has uh, identified what causes Zoom fatigue. It is real. It is nasty, and we all get it, and they'll, it, we'll explain why. Why is there a 20-year-old girl explaining why the stock market is up to me on the cable news channel? <laughs> That's another thing about getting older is the cable, and the cable news people are getting younger. But it looks yeah. like a high school kid is telling me what's going on with the stock market. Well, there's an arms race of youthful and sexy. Um, and they're cheaper. I uh, need bitter old men giving me the markets. So somebody went to a yard sale and saw a little bowl thingy there that looks like the sort of thing you would see at a yard sale and looks like it's worth about 20 bucks. They paid 35 bucks for it. Turns out it's worth a half a million dollars. It's some Ooh. Ming Dynasty 15th century relic. So go to yard sales and buy crap. I guess that's the lesson here. <laughs> Especially crappy art, because it's usually a Renoir. <laughs> usually. More often than not, it's Ming Dynasty. It's not oh, just man. some crap. Um, Zoom fatigue is real, you say. That, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty.